0: Okay, folks, here we are this morning's weekly uh, five Property Show. Uh, We're going to be talking about gaining extra pounds. Now, it's not Christmas. We're no feeding (laughs) ourselves up and starting ourselves full. Um, This is about fine tuning, the most valuable and saleable parts of your home. So it's all about adding this significant value. Perry, why is that the case? What is the most important point here to do?
1: I think the thing to recognise as well though is not every part of your home is created equally, is it? You're using all your different rooms in different ways. And some have quantifiably higher values to them than others, depending on what room it is. Um, but at the same time, there are those unique and saleable qualities that are less easy to put a figure on. Um, and I think that's where people sometimes struggle. Um, but nonetheless, all of the rooms play a vital role in securing your buyer. And I think that's something that you need to be aware of. Um, different spaces require a different approach. Um, so if you've divided, you know, so what we're gonna talk about really is all of the different parts of the property within this show today, give you a bit of an insight into how you can maximize and create your space. We're gonna cover places like your living room, kitchens, which are always the big high item. Um, anyone who likes cooking, spending time that's one of the major things I, I know I look at when I'm looking at a house um, bedrooms as well, you know, what do they look like and how comfortable are they and how much do you enjoy there and how much time do you want to spend there because they're a bit of a safe haven and a good night's sleep and all that helps you with the next day doesn't it bathrooms as well, it's a massive thing and a garden which I'm yeah. currently in the process of doing getting outside and enjoying the gardens this lovely weather we're having makes a big difference to what people oh, do as well.
0: I kind of stand gardens <laughs>
1: I love, mine. I love sitting in
0: them. I love sitting in them. I love enjoying them. I love relaxing them. I love the sunshine. I love everything all about it. But see, when it comes to doing the garden, it's like, oh no. Um, but but ideally, when I had all the time in the world, <laughs> it's this is personal choice, by the way, because I work all the time and I love working. When I had all the time in the world, um, then gardening was really nice, but now mm. I don't have all the time in the world, you know, through choice. Um, Gardening isn't that attractive anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I get it straight away. Um, What's the the things that we should think about then when we're looking at this?
1: So I think what we need to do is take a look at what the buyers are looking for in each of these areas. I think that's the key. Um, We'll give you a bit of a guide into it. So when we're finished with the show and the information share, hopefully you'll be able to identify the most valuable parts and saleable parts of your home. Um so you can get ahead of the market um whenever you're ready and coming to sell. And that's for everyone out there who's maybe watching it now or on follow-up. And the first thing we're going to look at is lovable living rooms.
0: Yeah, living rooms are quite uh living rooms are actually quite a good feature. I mean, mm. you know, when you walk in, it's what's the focal point is probably the most important point for me. Yeah. Uh, what attracts you the most? Is it going to be the giant 50 inch television which is going to go with the owner? Um, or is it the fact that the fixed fireplace is beautiful you know it's maybe a, a proper wood burner there as well mm-hmm. and it looks really extravagant mm-hmm. or potentially as well it could be this fantastic bay window it lets mm-hmm. in a lot of natural light and mm-hmm. um, so what sort of things should we be thinking about you know that's just my off the top of my head so what sort of things should we be thinking about
1: I guess it depends what you're doing with the room. I mean, if you're hanging out with your friends, you're curling up watching Netflix or Sky, many other channels out there, (laughs) um, you might be looking at working from home space as well within the living room because, you know, there might be limitations depending on where you're at. Um, Living rooms are often deal-breakers for buyers who are seeking that magical combination of space, light, um, and also coziness as well.
0: Space is quite an important point, isn't it? it? Because... Mm -hmm. You know, you can typically walk in a living room, and some of them are, are, are look so small. But the reality is, the furniture is overpowering in comparison to the size of the room. Yeah. And yet, when you if you remove the furniture and you actually f- you think about how it would be removed, mm-hmm. it's almost like the, the living room's massive now. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think to yourself, oh, you can get quite a lot in here. Mm. So, and typically, the most overpowering thing is is an L-shaped sofa, isn't it?
1: L-shaped sofas are a big thing. Um, I've been on a couple of properties recently. Actually, where they're really spacious, but actually they've got quite a lot of bulky furnishings. So yeah. I don't know if you do this, but certainly when I'm doing it, when I'm when we're doing the walkthrough and we're doing the pre-portals or the personal property tours, for me, if it is a big room, but because the furnishings are big, I always say, you know, that's a really big cabinet or that's a really big L-shaped sofa so that people can kind of try to quantify the sizeability of the room with what's yeah. in it.
0: It's putting in proportion to another thing and possibly it's the old thing about, you know, when I used to be a letting agent uh, or, or, you know, I used to go out and do some of the stuff, uh, you would see a mark in the carpet and you'd have to put a 10 pence piece down next to the mark so people would know and understand the proportion of the of the mark in the carpet compared to the size of the 10 pence piece because everybody knew that sort of size. They would still yeah. have 10 pence pieces.
1: We,
0: <laughs> do. Well, we do. We do. We <laughs> We're do. not very sure whether they've disappeared or not. That, imagine that. Just imagine that. I don't know what, you know, if I've got 10 pence pieces anymore because I use cards all the time.
1: Everyone does. Everyone does. But yeah, you're right about the living room. So I think how do you create that for a lounge? Um, also, you know, dining room or study, you've got all of those things going on in that same area. So I think yeah. for me, making the most of the view is a big thing. And the light sources uh, within the room, I think they're really revealing, um, get as much of the window as possible. Um, and, and dress the room up nicely, but around the window dressing. You've talked about this before, Jim. It's great to have lovely shint curtains and all the nice hat. And, yeah. But actually, people are coming, you need to open them, get the light into the room. So it's It looks really to nice for your up. visitors,
0: but but it doesn't look fantastic for the people actually looking to buy your house because the, the room looks dark and dingy. If mm. at that point, you don't have a much natural light coming into your room, the first thing you should be considering is putting daylight bulbs into yeah. your... So in other words, mm-hmm. natural Clear light, and I don't mm-hmm. say white, and I don't say yellow or anything. I say natural clear light, and they're called daylight bulbs. So you don't actually know they're on, but the room actually goes up to the normal brightness, and it compensates for the fact that maybe the window at that point in the day might not let enough light in. Now, mm-hmm. a typical example for us is we had our living room in our first flat, which actually sat, and it had the kitchen that came off the side, mm-hmm. and the sun came down the back of the the back of the kitchen. So by the time the sun came round, basically it was going down, with the way the 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 living room was. So it never really had any natural light coming into it, and mm-hmm. and that for me was the biggest challenge. And daylight bulbs at that time weren't available, so they would have been perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really bring that up.
0: As well as the classic, you actually touched on about the view. This mm-hmm. is quite important as well. It's like why would you why would you cover up and and hide a view? Um but a lot of people actually do that or they have windows which maybe have got a burst pane and then then what happens is uh, people look over to it and they just see this this condensation in the window. But it's actually inside the burst pane on the double glazing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that is a big thing actually. It's important and I think not just that, you're also creating um a focal point of the room as well. So I think it's great to create that focal point. Um, it grounds the room's purpose. It tells people why you're in that room, um, yeah. whether it's an architectural feature, um, an think of furniture, picture, accessories, as you said, Jim, a fire, a log burner, you know, a lot A lot of people do focus on a room because it kind of indicates what that's for. So it's good to do that in a lounge area.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about sight lines? Is this quite important to open up in sight lines or
1: very much so and we've touched on that even with curtains but opening up your sight lines and removing the clutter is really important um that's including furniture that's too large sometimes or unnecessary to be in a room to make it easier for buyers to explore without kind of bumping into things and having to walk around things I think that's really important that people have that idea of what the space is there for and what it's creating and giving them um I often say that when I go in you know because people are quite open they want us to guide them and what they need to do so Quite often, sellers, when you're out there doing the initial valuation, will say, you know, what would you recommend I do? Is there things I should change? And if mm-hmm. a room is a bit too cluttered, we'll say to them, well, the famous quote, well, do you want me to sugarcoat it or do you want me to be open? And they say, no, I'll be yeah. open because we need, we need to get it right. And I've often said, you know, the room is perfect. You don't need to do anything. What I would do, though, is I'd maybe take that piece out or I would move that piece somewhere else. And it just creates an openness. And people will always take it on board.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's uh, so if anybody doesn't understand what a sight line is, it's basically what's the first thing, where, where, where does your eye go straight away as you walk in the door? Um, mm-hmm. Typical example of a good sight line is, is the corner of a room. So as soon yeah. as you walk in the door, you look over, ten, generally you look over at the corner, you look over at the window, and that tends to be your sight line. But if you've, as I said before, if you've got a, a, a beautiful fireplace in front of you, um, that tends to be as well. Um, and I'm not a big fan of having a massive television in a room because it makes it look... makes them look small doesn't it
1: it can do it can do Um, especially when they're on the wall as well because people just don't see the space (laughs) yeah but I think for those finishing touches um, add some comfy textiles as well this is where I always come in with the textiles (laughs) and the accessorizing (laughs) Um, choosing accessories that are natural as well and materials I think really helps. so you know ceramics, wood, stone, metal rather than lots of different color because Sometimes less is more, shall we say?
0: Yeah, this is quite interesting because uh, Dave actually says home sentence professionals are a massive part of the property industry in, in parts of the US, the United States. Um, yeah, absolutely. What they do in, in the United States is, is they basically somebody comes in to sell your house and all your furniture, existing furniture, is put into storage, apparently, and then they just completely uh, regenerate the whole house with new furniture. Almost like what you do in virtual staging on a photograph, but they Mm -hmm. actually do it physically for for real. Mm -hmm. That's that's actually really surprising, isn't it?
1: It is really surprising, actually. And I love watching that show. I watched Drew and Jonathan, the Property Brothers, and they do that. People trying to sell and they don't sell for ages. They come in and basically rip it all out in regards to the furnishing, restage it, and they get tens of thousands of dollars more because they've done a good job. So it is really important that you understand how to stage a property to get it ready.
0: That comes down to the mentality, though, that you've got the public have to understand the investment that they make will actually have a bigger return. Yes, definitely. Because you, know, you do get that. Typically, people will think, well, I've got to pay a few thousand pounds for that. I'm actually going to get any real return out of it. And, uh, well, look at Linda Martin, classic example of staging a house. You know, mm-hmm. when Linda buys a house and completely refurbishes it, she makes it look like a completely different proposition. And mm-hmm. the value goes up considerably and significantly mm-hmm. to the point where you think, "Geez, is it really down to to do that and understanding what to do and and dressing the house properly?" Mm-hmm. And, and I think I've got to say, probably the answer is yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But a lot
0: of people just don't want to invest that and in actually just decanting all their old furniture and putting new. That's the that's the why we talk about. Usually, typically, if you're going to buy new furniture for your new house, then buy it for your existing house now and get rid of your old furniture because mm-hmm. you're more or less staging it before you actually leave for your next house, but you're not actually handing that furniture back. You're taking it with you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why would you not do that?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you often say that, isn't it? And it's not just that. You get to enjoy it as well for the time that you've got it in the current house while you're trying to sell it. I think there's some times as well where we do have to have that honest discussion because we often hear as well, Jim, don't we? Oh, my house will sell any bother. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would be, uh, I would be, I would be a billionaire if I <laughs> if I got if I got money for every time I heard that phrase. You know, my house will sell, no bother. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. We'll mm-hmm. take that with a pinch of salt. Yep.
1: Yeah. And um, people, you know, people it's their home, they've lived in there. There's a lot of emotional connections, and I think that's the thing that's hard to come over as well. is that the realization? Actually, you've got to now detach that emotion from it because you are moving on you are selling on. So it's about getting yeah. the right guidance to be able to just do what you need to do to make that dream happen because you're moving for a reason.
0: It's funny where I actually said that phrase about house will sell no bother. Um, I actually got that right yesterday, my house will sell no bother. And I said, you're absolutely right. Every house will sell no bother at the right price. Mm-hmm. However, you've got me to get the price that no one else is going to get. And mm-hmm. that's where i my added value is. Uh, yeah. And you know, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, let's talk about kitchens. Kitchens are, you know, kitchens are probably the next one that everybody as soon as you walk in a kitchen and it's just brand new and it just ticks all the right boxes. It's like, you know, I think most people do you think most people have actually made a decision they're buying that house?
1: Absolutely, they are, Jim. And certainly when I go around a property, um, for me, the things I'm looking for, even when we're doing the valuation, the kitchen and the bathrooms for me, they're the big ticket items in a house because yeah. those, are the, these are, those are the things that really matter to people. So if the kitchen is taken care of and is fantastically well done, and it's new, etc., like you say, it makes a massive difference to the buyer because instantly they're thinking they've saved tens of thousands of pounds. Yep. That's just the mentality that comes with it. So, I mean, having a cook worthy kitchen is really, really important, it's vital. I think kitchens are hands down the area with the greatest concentration of value. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: whether that's an open plan corner to maybe a galley kitchen, because a lot of people like different types of kitchen as well. Yeah. Um, to the central hub of the kitchen as well. You know, can I get a dining table in there? Can my family sit while we're cooking and chatting? All of those things are really important to people, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. So, is it worth going down to the town on the on on the down the down the town on fixtures and fittings, including many appliances, as possible? You know, is, it, is that the thing you should really be doing? Your kitchen needs to look like it's, you know, high quality brands and boost that lux factor. Is that is that the sort of thing we should be looking for? Or or depending on the price of the property, should we actually be just considering things like, i tell you what, if I'm going to do the kitchen, well, here's another thing. Should you really do the kitchen if you're selling your house? Should you go for a mid-market range or should you go for basic or should you go for luxury? Where does that all stand? You know, mm-hmm. what, what sort of what, what? What's your advice on that? You know, what, think, what should you do?
1: I think for me, I think you've hit the nail on the head. And when you mention about there about the value of the actual overall property, I think that makes a big difference. I think it's not just the value of the property; it's oh. also what does the rest of the property look like. So, if all of the property is high tech and the kitchen needs a bit of an upgrade, sometimes actually I'll say just leave the kitchen because actually someone will come in and change it anyway. If all of the property is kind of neutral and maybe a few of the rooms need doing, again I would say just leave it. Yeah. If they've done maybe one really great room and actually it really needs doing, then yeah, go low grade. Or where's your location? What price point are you wanting? And does spending maybe ten thousand on a great rent kitchen give you thirty thousand yeah. back? And those are the things we need to judge because you could put a ten grand kitchen in one house and it won't add value, but you could put a ten grand kitchen in another house and it could add maybe thirty or 40000 It depends, doesn't
0: it? Yeah. So you're cutting your cloth to suit your purpose, to suit your budget, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: That's probably the most important point. Uh, Should we be ensuring that we've got cupboards and stuff like that? What sort of things should we be thinking about when we've got the kitchen?
1: Yeah, so it's a space thing. So, you know, people ensure that there is ample cupboards and shelves. Um, It's easy to kind of swallow those up with cookware. I was in a property recently where... They, we talked about sight lines earlier on there, and the kitchen was a galley style kitchen. There was a window, and the door was on the same side. But actually, down this side of the galley kitchen, what they had done is put a unit under the window, but they had a really big cooking appliance there because the gentleman was a chef. Yep. And I said, Love the kitchen, but when the videos, photos, and viewers are coming, that item needs to go in the cupboard. Oh, but mm. I use it every day. I said, That's fine. You can use it every day. and dig it
0: back out again it's funny i just told someone that the other day just declutter the whole the whole kitchen make sure people understand that they can see preparation areas when they're actually Mm -hmm. looking through these videos and actually looking at the photographs as well you're not leaving your stuff so they don't they don't really want to see it in the photograph they want to see how their stuff's going to actually sit there where am i going to put all my items it's it's classic Mm -hmm. like you said if, if you've got a chef coming along, the chef's immediately going to look at these photographs or look at the video and say to themselves, where is all my stuff going to go?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where am I going to put all my preparatory things? Yeah, um, I can't that's... cook
1: in the kitchen.
0: And, and for, the temporary, for the temporary time to do that, to put them in a cupboard and take them back out, you know, it's, it's worth its weight in gold, isn't it?
1: Totally worth its weight in gold. So it's absolutely vital that you make sure that it looks like there is lots of cupboards and shelving space so that people can put their cookware and crockery in there. Your kitchen needs to look like it's taking life in its stride and that people can go in there and like muster up a storm in the kitchen without feeling that they're jumping over themselves and tripping over bits and nowhere to chop and nowhere to store and i do it yeah. myself sometimes you know when if i'm baking <laughs> it's just like a calamity in the kitchen <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: whereas i come straight down to the ergonomic outlay you know layout so you can exactly say okay when i start the journey this is where the plate's going to go. This is where the food's going to go. This is where the preparation's going to go. How close is that to the cooker? How close mm-hmm. is that to the fridge? And and literally, I'm like KFC or McDonald's, how they would plan it. <laughs> 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 so, so when tried. one person when one person crosses another, it's done ergonomically and feed, as speedy, as efficient as possible. Know that that's the type of kitchen I'm operating, but, but that's kind of what floats my boat. Mm-hmm. Um, what other things do we need to think about in terms of appliances and stuff like that What you know? what's your thoughts on dishwashers
1: they're a big factor now I think that um, and I'm actually seeing that more so now after lockdown I know this sounds daft but I think people have realised actually how much of their time is precious to them so they don't yeah. necessarily want to be spending time doing things like dishes mm-hmm. um, you know so make room for a dishwasher if you can even if it's a tiny kitchen a first time buyer home usually does feature well-designed half-size models. So you can get, you know, yeah, you like the little tiny one.
0: You can get a 400. Yeah. You can get a 400 or a 600. The 400 is fine. The 400 does about six place settings. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, the 400 could work for every single home. Mm-hmm. It's just the reality. We tend to, we all tend to go for the 600 uh, dishwashers, which is a normal unit size. um But they take up a lot of space in a smaller kitchen. So 400s are really adequate. But then you've also mm-hmm. got to think about it has to be near, a water source and a waste source so Mm -hmm. generally it'll go maybe your washing machine will go if you've got a washing machine in the kitchen maybe the washing machine will go one side of the basin underneath Mm -hmm. the drainer and Mm -hmm. the dishwasher tends to go either next to that or the other side of the the basin as well you know Mm -hmm. so you've got one either side Um, and that's where I think for me personally that's where a lot of costs are incurred in a kitchen Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the kitchen itself it's the services that you need yeah. to move. So mm-hmm. you are going to refurb a kitchen, for example, uh, if you're putting in like for like exactly where it should be because it's exactly how you would want it, the, you're, you're actually going to be pretty cost-effective in doing that. And mm-hmm. you can you can basically shop around for the, the, the best value kitchen because that's all you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're wanting to move your cooker, then you'll have to move the gas, you'll have to move the electric. Uh, if you're wanting to move your your sink then you're going to have to replumb somewhere else and then you're going to have to have an outlet for the waste and everything Mm -hmm. so these are things you've got to think about on your journey um if you do this is what my recommendation if you do think about changing your kitchen just because you want to sell the house then alter and if it's really bad then i wouldn't change i would only change it for a for a basic kitchen in order to make it look a lot fresher and a lot nicer Mm
1: -hmm. but i wouldn't
0: move anything about about where it was yeah that would probably yeah, be yeah. my best advice if you were going to go for that because it would cost mm-hmm. a fortune to move all the services because you're mm-hmm. getting contractors in now and then it also delays the critical path of the project because yeah. you've got to rely on everybody coming in at the same time back to back in order to make that work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. But actually the dishwasher for me is, is a positive thing and a property that we've sold just recently, they had a, that gentleman's a chef, funnily enough we've got a lot of chefs just now, but that gentleman's a chef yeah. and what they did is they had a half dishwasher but actually then what they also had, because they put a half dishwasher in, they then had the space and they put in like a mini wine cooler fridge. So again, it's people are thinking, oh, this is nice, oh, this is luxury because I've got a dishwasher, I've got a wine fridge. It's just the impression that you're creating, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, that's what it is. It's, mm-hmm. uh, people aren't buying your house for, for the fact that it's got three bedrooms or two bathrooms. Mm-hmm. They're buying it for what it will give them by yep. having three bedrooms and two bathrooms. Mm-hmm. especially if you've got a bathroom downstairs bathroom upstairs or mm-hmm. a wc downstairs and bathroom upstairs because then they know they don't have to go far just to go to the toilet mm-hmm. or guests have to go to the toilet nobody have to run yeah. up and downstairs so there's a huge advantage plus the fact if it's level all level on one on, on one level living for maybe an elderly parent or somebody has a, a has a need for that then it can accommodate them mm-hmm. so see how the regard that it's not about you know primarily on a basic instinct it's quickly about yes it has four bedrooms but Mm -hmm. then it comes down to where is it and how does that benefit me yeah and that's exactly how the kitchen should be as well how's the kitchen laid out how does it benefit me how how am i going to use it how efficient is it going to be for me am i going to be able to? are we going to be able to eat in that in that room Mm -hmm. or have you know at least a breakfast bar or have a wee Mm -hmm. you know in some smaller flats i do l-shaped kitchens in the small flats yeah so essentially, because it will probably be designed for um, for two people. So mm-hmm. you can stick up a wee table and chairs with you know, a chair either side, a fold-up table, and, mm-hmm. and that would work perfectly in the kitchen. So you don't actually need to sit with a TV dinner on your tray while the TV is right in front of you.
1: Yeah, that's
0: the sort, And you have that choice to do that, but at least you have the choice not to do it.
1: Exactly. I think for me as well, one of the things in a kitchen that's really important, especially if it's a family home, so, yep. again, you're not going to do this maybe if it's like a first-time buyer home, but if it's a family home, get the largest fridge possible. <laughs> Usually the big American ones that are, like, connected to the water source and you get ice they're cubes. A, and,
0: they're a big winner, aren't they? Even though, you're, even though you're not leaving it, people actually realise straight away they could put an American-style fridge freezer in there. Yep. And and I'll be honest, I am mentioning it in most of my videos, even though it's not there. Mm-hmm. I actually point to areas where potentially you can have American-style fridge freezer there. Uh, and that makes it work um, because that's what people want. They don't want to go to, they don't want to go further afield to go and go to a freezer mm-hmm. or anything like that, you know, mm-hmm. my mum's got, my mum's got a fridge in the kitchen and then she's got, a fridge freezer in the kitchen by the way, and then she's got a freezer in the laundry and then she's got a freezer in the garage just in case, mm-hmm. there's, not, there's only two of them. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it's like mum. We have actually left many years ago. We have our own houses now. But you never know, you might need something to eat.
1: Either that or they've got a fetish for ice cream, Jim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's like if Armageddon's gonna happen, I know where I'm going for my food.
1: You'll be fine. <laughs> we won't publish the address, but we'll certainly give an indicator of time. <laughs> I think as well, though, one of the things to look at, and we talked about it earlier on as well, is keeping your best gadgets on show. So yep. it might not be the things that you use all the time, but if you've got that nice luxury, kind of, so say it's, you know, people who do want to bake or cook in a kitchen, if you've got a beautiful cake mixer, for instance, bring that out and just sit it in a lovely corner, because again, you're giving the, you might not be making anything, but you're giving the illusion that you can do that in that kitchen, aren't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's right. really important. The, the upgrade, here's the upgrade here as well, the worktops. So if your kitchen is looking pretty tired, often if you actually just put new worktops on it, it'll make a fundamental difference. Mm-hmm. And if, if it's just, if it's just keeping everything where it is, it actually might be worth, a, it might add a, a significant amount of value to you. I'm amazed at how many times I walk into people's houses and I'll go, oh, you just installed your kitchen last year, And they usually typically go, no, the kitchen's about 20 year old, we'll just change the worktops. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Wow, I never even thought about doing that. Or I just changed the worktops and then I painted the carcasses.
1: Yep. You know the other one. great thing, I right? the other great thing just now, and it's so weird that we're covering this topic just now because Billy and I were having this conversation this morning. So our kitchen's quite dark, our cabinets, but actually the cabinets are fine, there's nothing wrong with them. So we did it in a house previously and we were agreeing it this morning. We're actually going to get the you can find no wrap with the cabinets and I was just about to say that. they're fantastic so we actually did it when we sold our last house with you Jim which is how we kind of started this journey we did it in that house so it's fantastic what they do and honestly I think we vinyl wrapped something like 15 units yep, and it was about 800 pounds Jim and that added thousands of value to that kitchen
0: yeah
1: thousands and we're going to do the same here but they don't just wrap the cabinets we've got tiling on the back as well but I don't want to go to all the expense and work and mess of taking all the tiles off they actually put a vinyl wrap on the tiles so I've got a grey kitchen that's quite dark. The tiles are quite dark and kind of grey striped. So we're sitting this morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to get a vinyl wrapped white, and we're going to get a mustard vinyl backsplash. Yeah. And it'll cost. It might cost us about six or seven hundred quid. And it'll be like I, a new kitchen.
0: That's really good. That's a great idea, just to give your kitchen a refresh, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mhm. Um. And you know, I take it somebody well, You know, anybody out there that's wanting to tune, wanting to know more details, you just get in touch with you.
1: Yeah, um, I've got the company's details, I can pass that on, um, yeah, but definitely. they're fantastic. So I would definitely, certainly do that, and it's a good cost saving, but actually will look like you've put a new kitchen in. But the thing is, if you're only going to invest in one room of your home, mm-hmm. the kitchen is where you're likely to achieve the single biggest uplift in the value. So you want to turn that into a magnet for your buyers, because that's the room that people will spend most time in. It's where they'll sit with their friends, it's where they'll sit with their family, it's where socialise, it's where they'll do their engagements, it's where they'll have parties, it's like it's always a kitchen
0: huh? it's, a, it's It's a lot of times, um, again i come back to saying yesterday I was at a house and uh, the first thing I thought, it's a it's a four bedroom, it's a huge chunk of house, yet the, the, the kitchen itself was just a typical sort of horseshoe shape, um, mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. three sides and you walk into it, that square sort of shape that you walk into, um, but I didn't think it was enough to have enough storage or anything for, for this size of house because they're gone upstairs, you know, and created another, basically they're gone upstairs and created a whole new living space for someone to be there. That mm. person could, could, it would suit my Ben, I'll tell you. <laughs> he could just disappear <laughs> up, upstairs and never appear ever again. Um Essentially, it was a living room, it was a dining room and, and potentially a kitchen and a bedroom and then a bedroom off the back as well. And it had, mm. I'm sure it had its own shower. And I thought, geez. But then I thought, it's got, it's, it's only got this wee kitchen now, which accommodated the downstairs, which would really, really, really essentially, I think either a one bedroom or a two bedroom cottage. And um, mm-hmm. now it's a four bedroom. It's, it's, you're, you're going to have more people in there. So you're going to need more space in the kitchen. Yeah. So we discussed actually, um, this and she says, well, actually we had thought about taking that wall down and taking it into that bedroom and having a massive open plan mm-hmm. um, kitchen and uh, sitting area. Okay. Or, a, or a dining kitchen. I thought, yeah, yeah that, that makes sense now. I can yeah. see that. And that's something I can talk about in a video walkthrough quite easily and get mm-hmm. that message across to prospective buyers. That's what I think is the huge benefit of doing a proper video walkthrough and a proper talk-up with a presenter mm-hmm. because it gets that message across to people who otherwise wouldn't have that imaginative, emerg- that you know, in their mind about mm-hmm. how, how that would work. They would just normally see the kitchen go, well, well, that kitchen's too small and write that property off straight away.
1: It's so true. It's that split second, oh no, that doesn't work. And they go into the next one, flick past yep. to the next thing. So you've got to grab their attention. And I think you're right with regards to the way that we do that videoing, because we, I know we're talking about kitchens here, but it's not just about the kitchen and it's not just about the building and it's not just about, as you said earlier, you need the three bedrooms, you need the two, two bathrooms, and you know what you're doing. It's the bigger picture of everything and the lifestyle that it brings. And the video walkthroughs do that as well, don't we? We talk a lot about the lifestyle, the surrounding areas, what's a, what is on offer.
0: It also enhances the opportunity to have a bigger audience actually attracted to that property, which yeah. is ideally what you want, because I know you're only one person can buy this. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, if you've got more person vying for this, potentially that could add a significant value to the end. So mm-hmm. I'd rather have more people in the audience than less people in the audience, because then that's an opportunity to push the price and the value at the end. Yeah. And that's where the added value is all done. Yeah. The difference between I, I still, you know, still get this about, you know, a, a race to the bottom with fees. You get a state agent's advertising straight away about the cheapest fee, the cheapest fee, the cheapest fee. And I'm like, okay, so what's going to happen when it comes to the negotiation of the price of your house? <laughs> exactly. Is it going to be the cheapest price that you'll accept? That's mm-hmm. the sort of mindset that entrenches in there, where it's mm-hmm. the, the cheapest fee is often trying to save two or three hundred pounds to the detriment of actually losing. Mm-hmm thousands of pounds at the end by having the right stage and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But that, I mean, that's another story.
1: That's another story. Jim, I'm just going to close my window because someone's jet washing something. (laughs) There we go. It was a wee bit noisy. You'd probably be hearing it. Yeah, so that's kitchens, I think. Just make sure that you make it a really good focal point of the home. I think that's a big factor, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, So you've been busy in your kitchen all day. You've been busy in your living room. You've been tidying. Sleeping sanctuaries is the next thing, isn't it?
0: Yep, yeah, and I was out in the camper van last night on the driveway. Were,
1: <laughs> <it>? <laughs> were you? In the- I'm, getting,
0: I'm getting geared up for Glastonbury. <laughs> I did not
1: know if you were getting geared up or if you'd been sent to Coventry.
0: No. <laughs> I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's brilliant. It's just like, it's, it's, it's so refreshing. It's just it's this natural and, and it's the fresh air, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that coolness about being outside. Now, I don't mean cool as in you feel cool. I Just mean the overall general just relaxation, I yeah, think. The mental, fe-
1: the mental so, feeling, we well, are going to
0: talk about this though, which is quite important as well. This is the next thing it's it's the bedrooms, which are yeah. quite important. So, yeah. why are the bedrooms so important? Then,
1: bedrooms aren't usually the most feature right rich room in a home. Um, buyers still want plenty from them, though, and I think that's mm-hmm. the thing you need to look at. And when you create relaxing space it's a bit of an escapism isn't it and it's a wind down place it's a wake up place it's you'll be all right in that place you, you play right into your kind of relaxation your desires yeah. everything really goes on there isn't it it's the place that you end up at the last point of your day
0: well we'll we'll talk about that it's,
1: <laughs> not that kind of show
0: <laughs> it's just like what where are I going with this <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's true though it's the place that you end up at the last thing that you do in the day and it's the first thing you do in the day isn't it so you want it to kind of yeah. give you that mental well-being when you're going to sleep and when you wake you up you really so. do
0: need you do it's right what you said you really need need a space to completely switch off and relax mm-hmm. uh, this is why i don't have a television in my bedroom we don't because i, because I feel like and I'm I'm, I'm I'm often just like oh because it's it's a nice sort of thing Possibly have, but the fact is you, you don't actually physically switch off then no. um, and you're still, you're, your brain's in a different place and the natural chemicals that you get from actually preparing yourself for sleep actually disappear because you're watching the television or possibly engaging on here. I've seen mm-hmm. people actually on their phone when they're about to go to sleep and I'm like, oh no, you're no, not going to get the proper REM sleep, you're not going to get the proper mm-hmm. melatonin and in that into your system. Yeah which will actually give you deep sleep, which is Mm -hmm. what you're really after. So how can we use a bedroom in a house? And how could people make that look for saleability-wise? What could we do in order to accentuate that?
1: It's definitely about, again, it's all about space, isn't it? And you don't have to have a lot of space to create space. And I think that's what people need to understand as well. So where possible, particularly if it's in a double room, maintain space around the bed. There's nothing more off-putting when you walk into a room and the bed is pushed up against the window or pushed up against the wall yeah and the practicalities when you're living there you do that for obvious reasons because it's creating space for you but actually if you're staging your home for sale definitely get your bed so that you can walk around it because that's a big thing for people
0: this is the difference when you come to st andrew's for example Lawmill gardens places like that you've typically got the old bets homes now when you go into these bedrooms when you try to turn a, 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 a normal bed round uh, to go the width of the, of the room, it's actually very tight to get along the bottom, if mm-hmm. not almost impossible to get along the bottom mm-hmm. to get around the other side. So yes. you do see often uh, a lot of people actually putting their bed, their headboard uh, at the window and actually yes. having it coming forward, mm-hmm. which for me actually is, is, is okay because the curtains are in the clothes mm-hmm. and then you've got adequate space either side. Mm-hmm. And then you've got easy access as well to the wall, which typically has the built-in wardrobe there, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's just how these houses were designed. They were mm-hmm. never designed for the big beds that we have now. They yeah. were designed for your wee tiny, you know, one hundred and ninety-five centimeter beds, and and that was literally it. Mm-hmm. But with the size of beds now and the frame it goes with them, it makes it almost impossible to get it over. You know, get the bed, the width, the, width, the length of the bed, and the width of the room. Yeah. So that is often why i would recommend actually if it works better from the window to the to the in the middle then and you've got adequate space either side and then access to the wardrobe probably that's the best way to the best way to yeah, go what definitely. other things should we think about then
1: i think as well you, know, you, you had mentioned
0: actually and quickly you had mentioned just we'll backtrack that you mentioned about hotels is it actually quite is it because uh, uh, i often walk into hotels as well mm. and you're in the room and you you kind of think to yourself God, I wish I had a room like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, and you realise it's almost just that extra metre. Mm-hmm. It makes that fundamental difference to the mm-hmm. size of what you've got, to the size of what they've got.
1: Absolutely. It does. And it does make a difference. Um, when we downsize, we kept all of our same furnishings in our bedroom, for instance. Yep. But the bedroom that we have is not as big. But mm-hmm. what we have done is we've just laid it out slightly differently. Um, but, and i've got standing lamps so again having lamps beside the beds are a good thing i've got a lovely standing lamp we've got a smaller table so you can still have functionality but the pieces don't need to be big so we've got a smaller yep. table we don't have a television same as yourself jim never have done Um i don't think it's good for your mind if you've got a tv in your room but what we do have in our room some people like it some people might not but we've actually got a little unit and we've got our record player shall we call it and our vinyl And so, actually, I'll sometimes, because we're early bedders, so we'll sit and we'll sometimes read your book and you've got your nice music on in the background and you're just chilling and you're relaxing. So you can create all of this functionality space, but without having a lot of space, it's just be clever with it. So standing lamps is a good thing if you can, or little nightstands that you can put, you can get smaller, like hotel-style ones, as you say, and you put them either side of your bed. Um, It just kind of gives it that perfect kind of thing to really look as well, so it just looks nice and posh and that's that positiveness when someone comes into the room.
0: What about when we come to colours of the rooms? You know, when somebody walks in, how should, what we should be looking, what we should be look, what should we be looking at?
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to put wallpaper in a room, I think the big factor is, is if you're going to paint paper all of the walls, then yeah. definitely go for something that's a wee bit more neutral and calming and natural. If you're mm-hmm. going for, which I have done and lots of people are doing now, is a feature wall, then you can add a splash of colour. But I wouldn't go too daft in a bedroom on it because actually it can look too busy and then it makes the mind busy you're wanting to calm the mind a little bit. So, you know, opt for maybe just one feature wall. Um, You go for sumptuous colours, good tones. I'm going to say create the atmosphere again, but I don't don't know if I should be saying that now, but create the atmosphere again. But also you want to give a sense of a a peaceful sanctuary. So if the walls are really busy, that's not creating that, is it?
0: This is actually quite good about having this feature wall because the rest of the walls are blank and it's it's an easy gig just to actually repaint them if you're wanting to freshen up the room before you sell. Exactly. Um, I had a discussion with someone a couple of days ago, exactly that thing, who walked in and says, I'm going to just paint everything. And I went, no. I says, your feature wall is actually really nice. Mm-hmm. It's still it's still fine. You could keep that and just paint, just paint the other walls again. That's all. She says, well, mm-hmm. I've got the paint from before. I says, perfect. Because your opacity, you know, will be perfect. You'll probably get away with one coat, potentially, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's exactly the same colour. Mm-hmm. So that's an that's an easy one for someone to do just yeah. to freshen up the room. The things you've got to be aware of, though, is it might actually highlight that the skirting and the facings are needing done, and then it might also highlight the fact that you'll have to do the ceiling as well. So sometimes think about that first before you start the journey, because mm-hmm. if it does, you might think, "Oh dear, I wish I hadn't done it." And, you, I- and I- when you're halfway through, you're too late. You're having you'll have to do everything else as well so yes. think about that first and that's probably why it's it's worth actually getting getting a really good a stage now to actually mm. discuss that with you you know mm. whether you should do that or not and whether it will add that significant value to the end result or attract a bigger audience
1: it's true and I actually i had that i gave someone that advice last week um it was an empty property no furnishings in it so you could see the walls were were needed done um but there was one room in particular it was the kitchen she says well i was going to paint the kitchen at least so it looks a wee bit nicer and i said don't, because if you paint the kitchen, they're going to come from the kitchen into the lounge and they're going to go, oh, the lounge. Then you're going to have to paint the lounge. Then you're going to go from the lounge into the hall and then you go, oh, then you have, I said, before you know it, you'll be painting the whole house.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so this so, takes us on to things like flooring and stuff like that. Yes. Now, one of the things i discussed, actually in the East Nuke, was I walked into the room. They were going to paint the whole room. They were going to paint the shutters, the windows, the facings and all the rest of it and literally just leave the bare floorboards and they thought that would do And I went, no, do not touch anything. Put the shutters exactly back where they are and put a new carpet down. Mm -hmm. See, when I walked into that room once they were finished and it was a lot more cost effective and a lot quicker to do, it was absolutely brilliant. And Mm -hmm. I said, what's going to happen is when people walk into this room, they'll get the smell of new carpet and they immediately think, New house, be looked after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't know they're doing that, but that's the subliminal message plan planted mm-hmm. straight away. It's like yeah. the new car smell, isn't it? Absolutely. So Everything what should is- you think about rugs and, and all the rest of it? Is this something we should work on or, you know, what, why would we do that?
1: I think it is depending on what your flooring is. So, you know, some people don't like carpets in bedrooms, some people do. So if you have got wooden floorings, I think it's good to use textiles. So yeah. putting, rug, putting rugs down is a good thing. Cushions, not everyone likes curtains in a bedroom. You know, lots of people just will have blinds, but if it's a big room and it's just blinds, then actually it can look a bit cold. So if you don't put them up with someone else might like that and it'll give them, it's like you say, it just gives them that kind of emotive a, a feeling. Sometimes
0: it's a lot to do with acoustics as well though, isn't it? Because yeah. if you don't put curtains in up, you could end up walking into a room with a bare floor and actually mm-hmm. it sounds like a tin can.
1: Yeah absolutely i think that that's a good point as well but i think as a final point remember that when it comes to getting the highest price for your home there's no th- no such thing as a spare room yep. so you know that room that we all have in our homes that we just throw everything in <laughs> let's make sure that you do something with that and give every bedroom a purpose um even if you're not using it yourself um especially in today's world actually spare rooms or box rooms or the smaller room which is what we usually use is that yeah it's not used for anything create even like a little home office, put a little desk in there and one little chair and a nice light stand or something because it will make a massive difference to buyers because they can see that that room has a functionality that offers them extra.
0: Yeah, then that doesn't need to cost anybody anything because generally Mm -hmm. most people have that desk and chair somewhere else in their house in another room which Mm -hmm. is actually incorporating something else at the the same time and a a Mm -hmm. typical example of that is it, it's possibly, it's possibly, a, a, you know, another bedroom, but they've just got a desk and chairs there where they work uh, mm-hmm. during the day. And I'm thinking, well, just take that and put it into that room, mm-hmm. uh, and then that makes that other room look, look bigger. So you don't mm-hmm. need to go out to the expense of going and buying all these things. And mm-hmm. um, just you might have them already. Some Absolutely. people actually can have them stored in their garage. They've yeah. even got stuff stored in their garage already. So bring it out the garage and put it in. Mm-hmm. Or I tell you what. Just to make this room look a wee bit bigger because nobody's wanting to see all your stuff in this room, stick that in the garage. Oh, but then my garage will look cluttered. It's like your garage is the last place that anybody wants to see. Yeah. You know, rule of thumb is they expect you to open the garage and it for it to be full of everything because yeah. that's what everybody uses the garage for. It's true.
1: Absolutely <laughs> true. I think as well with that spare room, not only just about home office, you know, a lot of us ladies will have in our master bedrooms, for instance, maybe like a little dressing table. So, again, yeah. you can just move that out the master, put that in that spare empty room. You're creating a dressing room feel. People will see that functionality.
0: <laughs> They're like me, I need a mirror to do my hair.
1: <laughs> You've been there for hours, Jim. <laughs> I look. There's
0: one just to a place here. <laughs>
1: so, I think that covers it for your sleeping sanctuary. Um, blissful bathrooms. Why are bathrooms important?
0: Jeez, bathrooms are absolutely fantastic, aren't they? Uh, it really is another way to add uh, high value—a high value area where buyers actually focus on the fittings and the fixtures rather than just the space. So uh, you know, turning up the luxury—the uh, luxury in your bathroom can actually pay a lot of dividends. And mm-hmm. um, what sort of things should we be thinking about, Perry, when we're coming to that? Because for me, I'll, I'll say straight away, just to quickly go on this: if you walk into a bathroom and you've got dirty grout or dirty, you know, like. Um, you know the seal around the bath and mm. stuff like that. Please change it. Even though mm. your bathroom absolutely looks absolutely sumptuous and desirable, it just puts people off. And if yeah. you've got old, horrible tiles, yeah, you no, know, or or sorry, towels, uh, you know, or or your old. I mean, I'll be honest. I have my dressing gown, and I've I'll probably have it till it falls off my back. You know, <laughs> that's how I am. But no one wants to see that when they go around to see your house. Mm-hmm. It just looks, it doesn't look great at all. So for me personally, these are the things that you could spare yourself some heartache in actually putting people off because you've left your old mm-hmm. half-day towels. Uh, things like round the toilets and stuff, you know, your toilet pockets and, and your your seat covers and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, no, they're just, they're, they're a harbour for dust and, mm-hmm. and you know, smells and all these things people just think
1: germs when they see them
0: exactly so so what should we be thinking about then perry when when we come to the bathroom how are we going to inject that high-end luxury that can really pay those dividends
1: i think the biggest thing is people bathrooms people like to see white don't they because white is clean and it just looks fresh so if you've got white porcelain you definitely want to be matching them up and pairing them with high quality taps and metal finishes um, for a universal timeless appeal you want to try and do that avoid faddy colors for permanent fixtures as well because it's not everyone's taste and they might just come in and go oh and they don't like that and that's going to be a lot to change mm-hmm. so i think that's really important we see that i'm seeing that quite a lot just now where you're you're seeing the like the brass fittings and the black fittings and of it's nice and it can have its place it's not oh, timeless
0: for me the black fittings are a fad Mm. Um, it's really it's, it's gonna to go to date pretty quick i mean it looks great to sell a house and that's exactly what somebody's trying to achieve mm-hmm. uh, and, and fine probably that's what you'd want to go for then if you're okay. trying to if you are because we're talking about selling houses that's what yeah. you want yeah. but for long term most people are going to end up working out eventually that you know that, that that's it's probably out of date it's not it, for them. It's a typical example yeah you know you remember and i'll remember this about the plumpus green baths they were fantastic at their time. and Everybody wanted Pampas Green. They wanted uh, Whisper Grey was another one. Uh, they wanted uh, the Burgundy. They wanted the Deep Blue Bath Suite mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. And and they might come back, but I tell you, they'll probably come back once I've ripped them out of all my houses. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rip them out of all my houses and put white ones in, and all of a sudden they'll come back into fashion. And I'm like, damn, I wish I'd kept them. <laughs> I doubt it very much, actually. No, I doubt Um, it
1: very much as well.
0: (laughs) But yeah, white is definitely one to go for. And then gold caps are are no-no. Because people like to see clean, clean. And chrome does it every single time, that chrome metal finish. It's a timeless appeal. Uh, uh, Yeah, absolutely. Just what you said there, Perry, avoid these fabric colours for the permanent fixtures. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Uh, You know, showers for me showers definitely let's talk about that showers there's nothing more off putting because some people do walk in and say can I check your water pressure
1: and Mm -hmm. they switch
0: on the shower and it's like dripping (laughs) (laughs) and you kind of think to yourself I'd love to have a shower it's going to be powerful and it's going to feel invigorating that's the word I'm looking for right on the money and that's what I want see what I'm talking about benefits Mm -hmm. it's not it's not the feature which is the power shower; it's the benefit you derive from it. Yeah. So, invest in you know possibly you've got a really good quality house and it's a high value house. Invest in that expensive, power powerful shower with a strong water pressure and the thermostatic control for even temperatures and not invigorating experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you are regenerating, reinvigorating, or refurbishing your bathroom. Then make sure you put the controls before you get in the shower not underneath the shower, because there's nothing more off-putting as well as having to sneak into the shower and quickly pull yourself out so you don't get <laughs> and then you've got to put your hand in every now and again, whereas if you've got your controls on the panel at the wall mm-hmm. before you walk in, because this is what most really good plumbers do nowadays, they put the controls before you walk in, you're turning the shower, the shower comes on, you put your hand in and go, perfect, yeah, I can walk in now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the big factor as well is a lot of people like the rainfall shower heads as well, and we often point them out because, again, it just is a luxury feature, isn't it? It talks high end in
0: people's minds. It, it's just the word, there, eh? and, and yeah, mm. you can get a rainfall shower like what I've got out of Argos um, for 39 99 and, and add I mean. it on as an attachment to your existing shower system. Mm. Uh, and literally, you've got a rainfall shower straight away with the, with the added hand held and you mm. just flip the the wee um, um, valve round for, mm. for whichever one you want. So that's an easy option to put a rainfall shower in without any any real cost.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think the other thing for me as well is the tiling in a bathroom. We Again, we often point out when you go in and you see like the luxury porcelain tiles and yeah. the, the really big tiles and that. And I'm not saying you need to go to that expense, but what I would strongly recommend if you don't already have it, it is worth thinking about, If you're tiling, don't just tile around the bath, the basin, and the shower. It really increases the value and makes the property look expensive and that it's being cared for and gives it a kind of complete design if you tile the whole walls. Yeah. I think that makes a big difference. But if you see part and part to people, that's just like, oh, that means I'm going to have to do that. And if I'm doing that, I might as well rip the rest out.
0: Things like wet wall and stuff like that, you Mm -hmm. know, often you see people trying to skimp back. Wet wall is very expensive. You know, we know that it's about three hundred pound a sheet. It's probably more mm-hmm. than that now, but it's just it does add a lot of luxury on wet wall. And um, yep. get something; it'll probably be a t- timeless classic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we will go back to this brass fittings thing. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that actually somebody can see it's not going to be off-putting and it's not your personal taste. Mm-hmm. And generally, the generally the, the plumbers will be able to tell you what is the most what is the most desirable uh, style just now. So yeah. you know, tune in to your plumber or your estate agent should know this. You know, yeah. this, this is what this is why I say most people say I'd love to show people around houses. That's a great job, and it's like that's not what we do. It's not <laughs> we, at all. We we advise people how to get from A to B in the most efficient way possible, adding the most value in that process mm. and with the least investment in their, in in what they need to do. Mm-hmm. that's exactly what we do it's helping people manage life as it happens yeah it's not looking around houses no so we're advisors to them mm-hmm. so what should we think about you know oh here this is the one the one that gets me the most is the huge amount of um <laughs> shampoos and, oh, you know half-opened toothbrush you know toothpaste and lying all about all over the place and the marks mm-hmm. in the sink and and, and just all the dust-covering uh, uh, bottles at the back and mm-hmm. down by the cistern and everything. I mean, you know, it's, should we be, what should we be thinking about that? Should we Should we do something about that?
1: Totally. Uh, there's nothing more of putting when you do that because what that's telling somebody instantly is there's no space in here because there's stuff's everywhere. So they yeah. absolutely need to be creating that illusion of space. So for me, it's about hiding all your potions and pills. Us ladies have a lot of those things. <laughs> um, and it's yeah, about yeah it's, it's like thinking about cabinets how you're going to store them nice mirrored ones if you're lucky enough that you've got um uh, room within your bathroom or shower room again a, a standalone locker is a good thing as well you get some lovely nice, yeah. modern ones you don't need to spend Stick it behind money. the door yeah put them behind the doors or you can actually even make a feature of it in a room if you've got a nice sized room um the, the property we've got at the moment that we've just brought on in uh, william street they she's done a fantastic thing this lady does a lot of antiquey things she's got an antique cabinet and she put it like a vanity cabinet under the sink and kind of painted it a lovely color and what have you and made a real feature of it in the room but again it's providing that functionality of just getting everything away so yeah. that you're not seeing it i think that's a big thing then the final thing really is the spa aesthetics we talked about luxury so it's about accessorizing you mentioned it earlier jim about the towels you know even if they're not the ones you're using every day, even if it's yeah. just for when people are coming round, have that little stack of fluffy towels that you can bring out and put your other ones away. Lift bath mats if people are coming. Bath mats on floors and basins, people don't want to see that. So ropes, again, you don't want to have those around the place. Um, swap the Karik's bottles. You know, we've all got the Karik's stuff or the stuff you get in Aldi or whatever you're buying. You know, get your posh pumps out and put your nice soaps in them so people can see them as well. That's a big thing. Um, like your Joe Malone look. You know, people like that as well. You don't necessarily need to be using it. You want to keep it for that special occasion.
0: Yeah, they but, all do really nice ones. Bayless and Hardin's a really good one as well. And they've got exactly. the proper dispensers and the proper... Mm-hmm. And, and they're very affordable. And you can go to your local supermarket, you know, um, and, and actually get their own stuff, yeah. their own labelled brands. And they look just as good as well.
1: Mm-hmm. There's, there's lots of nice ways you can do it. So I think accessorise, declutter... And just put the posh bits out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I noticed. I noticed that most of the hotels and that have actually caught on to the fact that a lot of people actually walk out the room with their stuff. <laughs> so, they've, so they've actually fixed it in, so you actually can't get it out at all. Because <laughs> they've been Bayless, them. <laughs> and hardening and stuff, and Joe Malone and everything, and people are actually, oh, I'm having that and I'm taking that home. <laughs>
1: I paid for my room. I'm having everything that's in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give me the coffee. But you don't even drink coffee. I'm taking it. I paid for it. <laughs>
1: so the final thing for me is your garden. I know we started off on that, so it's a good way to end it as well. So yeah. gorgeous gardens and outside influences. Um, I'm probably, all my social media channels, people be like, well, here she goes again with this garden because every weekend there's a new photo goes up because we've done a wee bit extra thing. So, but it does add value so mm-hmm. i think for me although outside space is supremely high value and it is a commodity it's often a home's outside appearance that provides that initial hook as we've talked about as well jim don't we? it's the first, um, impression. first impression is it's the tones for the viewings um it's vital role on how your property looks from the outside and also how the garden looks here's so, what i see
0: here in the gardens when you go to some people's houses they neglect the front because they don't actually use it all the time Yep. But they actually put all investment and the money into the rear garden.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yet the front is where everybody gets their first impression of the house when they walk in yeah. and get to the curbside the appeal. And it's the first thing they actually see when they when they do the drive-by. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, contrary to popular opinion, they don't just phone you up and, and say, let's go and see it. They mm-hmm. actually go around and drive around it. now. Now that happened with the cribs. You know, mm-hmm. last week when I was in St. Moran's, I was mm-hmm. in getting a coffee. And literally, the people that were after me said to me, You're Jim Parker. And I went, Yeah. It says, We're well, actually just around the corner. We saw your video for the one at the cribs that you've just, you're just doing your pre portal on. Um, and it's absolutely, you know, we just thought we'd come and have a look at it. Mm-hmm. They never actually spoke to us, they never contacted us or anything. Mm-hmm. They just drove around and had a look at it. And the the thing for me is if they, if they don't see the right curb appeal, you'll never know about them. No, it's true. It. No one will ever know about them. Mm-hmm.
1: And, so and we, there has been occasions we where
0: we get back in front of them, though. <laughs> <laughs> With proper retargeting strategy, so they don't forget us, and we have an opportunity to catch them again for that very reason. But that is, that's another yeah, story. that's a that's a good, that's a good social media retargeting strategy, which mm-hmm. which we follow all the time and we use to get back in front of that person without them actually knowing it. Now that's an, again that's another story. But luckily enough, I had the key, and I went, "Would you like to go around right now, then?" <laughs> And they were over the moon, I'll tell you. That's the the difference, though, isn't it? But we'll come back to, I mean, that had a fantastic garden to the side. It was actually Mm. really low maintenance. It was perfectly privately enclosed. And the sun came up and it went round and went down in it all Mm. all day and went down in it as well. Mm. Um, And it was right off the sunroom, um, which actually led into the kitchen. So you could have your whole lifestyle. Literally, it's just what you said. People have actually worked out now that the garden could be another almost usable room.
1: It is massively so. It's a huge thing just now. And that's what we're doing in ours. So we've designed three spaces where we're sitting in the newly third design space and we're saying, do you know, actually, we could do that over there. And we're now create, we're thinking about creating a fourth space because it is about yeah. that. It's about that creation of outside space. And it brings so much to people's lifestyles now. And a lot of people as well are enjoying the gardens more. They're socialising more because we had no choice; we couldn't go anywhere. But it's become actually a more of an appreciated item, I think, than before, for that reason. So coming so from, back to you
0: saying it provides an initial hook and it sets the tone for your viewings. Mm-hmm. What should we be thinking about then?
1: So absolutely, if turn your garden or a balcony, if you've got it, um, into an extension of your home, just what we said mm-hmm. there, Jim. Um, styling the, the garden as if it's an outside room is really appropriate with appropriately sized furnishings um, enough seats for a household yeah. because people want to sit out there and eat have their morning coffee have their breakfast etc so make it look like it functions for a family as well um, but again if it is a balcony that you've got or a smaller courtyard because we see that a lot in the East Nook where people maybe have courtyard gardens it's about getting a nice like even just a two-seater table some nice, nice planters sunshine in and you can just enjoy it and it shows as a functioning space. Um, so that's really proper, important. I just closed my window a moment ago and it covers this next point, jet wash your paths.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: If they're moldy and they're black and they're weedy, jet wash them. You'll be amazed at the difference that will make. Same with your mm. patios and your decking. Trim and weed your grass as well, that's a big thing. Um, you know, People don't want to rock up and then see that it's not being cared for. Um, yeah. Clear away the junk and the clutter, and I know that's really difficult if it's a family and you've got young children. You've got all the kids' toys in the garden and things like that. But and, and a lot of kids have got these trampolines and things. But you know, put the trampoline down at the bottom of the garden, or if you've got a wee side bit, put them in there, and just give yourself that opportunity to be able to create a lovely space that you can have room to relax in. I think that's important for people. Um, so clear away that junk and clutter. Um, you want to welcome your viewers as well with seasonal blooms. So get some colour in your garden, whether that's pots or beds, depending again what you've got. If it's a courtyard you've got, you can add that splash of colour with yeah. nice pots and all the seasonal flowers that we've got just now. So I think that's really important as well to do that. Mm. Um, the other big factor as well for me, and we often see this gym, is when people haven't cleared their gutters, or you know. Taking all the leaves out from the, the winter months when we've come in into spring or weeds are growing in them. Because actually what will happen is if you get a rainy day, the water's going to be running down your building. People can yeah. and see that, they're going to think there's a problem, aren't they?
0: Absolutely. Definitely. They're going to think it, 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 it just paints a picture. Even though you get people actually saying, Oh, but i fixed that now. Well, mm-hmm. just get rid of the get rid of the stain. You need to get rid of that. Because it just, it just, it just tells people there's something wrong. When actually yeah. you've just told me there's nothing wrong. That happens inside when you get people where, you know, they've had leaks on their ceiling. It's yeah. like, oh, well, i will kind of, it's been fixed, I'll get to, no, you'll have to do it because mm-hmm. even the even the home report when it gets done, the surveyor will go, okay, there must have been a problem there at some point and yeah. he will mention it. It was at some point and then what's happened due to that is now it's put a bit of doubt in somebody's mind.
1: Exactly. So I think that's important to do that but also to to fix you know any chipped paintwork if you've got wooden doors or whatever you know revarnish them fix the paintwork repair cracks in your mortar as well if you've got them so again if you've got render issues there's wee bits there fix those the front door and windows we often see this clean them if you've got white doors and windows just go around and clean them if you've got brass Mm. fittings or silver fittings get the polish out and give them a wee buff up as well again it's about setting that scene and showing that it's cared for isn't it
0: Absolutely. You know, it's it is this old thing about, you know, people just want to see that uh, your house has been looked after. But so they don't actually take on, so they don't feel that they're taking on your burdens, mm-hmm. you know, about what you've neglected.
1: Exactly. hundred percent. And I think for me as well, it's the only part of your home that buyers check out before, during mm-hmm. and after the viewing. The outside needs to stand up to that scrutiny. You know, are they actually even going to come over the doorstep if they've got to the front and don't like how it looks?
0: Here's a quick one as well go out to your pavement and do all the weeds along your outside wall mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I see that a lot when you drive into streets now I mean you know we do it mm-hmm. and our neighbours do it as well and the street looks really nice and mm-hmm. you could you could argue about oh why is the council not doing it but the council's got no money to do it anymore so you've got to do it yourself but there's it's a it's a really easy thing to do it's just weed all the weeds in the gutters outside mm-hmm. your front and on the pavement and then along your front wall as well mm-hmm. and it again you can have the most beautiful garden in the world and that's just going to put people off i, you know, I... A, a jungle growing out the, uh, out the pavement so just do it for that one off if you want to mm-hmm. I know you maybe don't do it all the time and you maybe object to doing it because that's somebody else's job but the reality is you need to do it because it will mm-hmm. put people off
1: yeah it definitely does do it. and that is what people will scrutinise before they get over the threshold so when a property looks the part from the outside it breeds confidence to the person that the rest of the property is going to look nice once they come inside and actually it gives them that confidence then to make an offer on your house because they feel that actually they're getting good value for money and it delivers to them what they need
0: yeah absolutely so what's Hmm. the next steps
1: so for me um, that pretty much is it for me make sure you get your offer really from from your garden for me, I think next steps for people, I think that every time you know, you're looking at property, make sure that you, as a preparer and a seller, make sure that the person come to look at it can see all of the love and care and attention that you've given it. Because if you do that and show the special qualities that your house has, you've really got the opportunity to make your house shine and ultimately get the buyer that's going to give you the offer that you want.
0: What can I tell the people out there that don't have the time to do that and potentially don't have the money.
1: You can get someone in to do it. I mean, there's contractors out there that can help with that. It doesn't need to be expensive. It doesn't need to be time consuming.
0: Probably my best advice though, I would say personally is get us around for a chat first before you start mm-hmm. that journey.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: if you, if you are struck, because there is people out there that probably have a massive house, but mm-hmm. now because of the increase in costs, the running yep. costs, they don't have the money to do this anymore mm-hmm. and it's almost like because the house is now a jungle because the summer seasons arrived mm-hmm. then they don't have and they, and they probably don't have the time and they, they maybe don't have the health to do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's overpowering now mm-hmm. to do the garden because they used to do it before and something's yeah. happened and they're not able to have the physical uh, physicality to do it anymore so and they can't afford for somebody else to do it for them hence the reason why they're selling the house probably my best advice to anyone out there is get us in first to have a chat about it Mm -hmm. and we could make that we could make that happen really i think we could make that happen and the reason is because you don't know what you don't know Mm -hmm. and but we do know what you don't know and it's our job to convey that to you so you understand that and that will help you in your journey this is when i go back to this is my final words on this this is when i go back to our job is to get you from a to b Uh, Hence the reason, uh, the more questions you answer of mine, the more Mm. answers I have about where I need to take you to the next stage in your life. Yeah. Um, And in the most efficient manner possible and adding the most significant value possible.
1: I agree. I mean, not every part of a home is created equally. And I think some areas, as we've said, do have quantifiably higher values than others. So at the same time, you want your home to be unique. You want it to be shown the saleable qualities. You might not necessarily be able to put your finger on it. Yeah, We can help you with that. Um, and nonetheless, what will happen with that then is you'll secure that vital buyer that you're looking for with minimal input from yourself, hopefully.
0: Perfect. Thanks very much for coming on this morning. And Thank if you. anybody's got any questions on the rerun or anything like that, please stick them in the comments. You can message mm-hmm. us directly as well. We're easily accessible through, the, through our social media channels. Uh, until next time, guys, uh, it's bye-bye from us.
1: Bye, take care.